Hello and good evening and welcome to another episode of Religions, Regimes and Refugees and their Multicultural Mess and Secular Scam. Thank you so much for joining me again today. I really appreciate your presence, the time you take to join us and um, and um, and empower yourself with knowledge and, and together we can heal and find the solutions to the, to the situation we are in today and, and hopefully provide a better India. Uh, for the generations to come. So today we're going to talk about fiscal issues of the Indian states that are causing inflation. Um, now um, we hear about the, the, the Congress and, and the left going inflation, 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 unemployment, inflation, unemployment, inflation, and uh, they're trying to portray the whole thing as a problem of Narendra Modi, the Indian Prime Minister, and they're going on and they're going on and they're going on, and it doesn't stop as if like they were the truth, the way, the life, everything was perfect under them. God came and, and bestowed upon them their socialist beneficiaries, um, you know, and. It, it's just a, a, a re really bad record, a disc, a disc uh, you know, MP3 player that is scratched and you're trying to play it. Um, it. It really seems like that and no one really understands what is going on except a bunch of woke people screaming and yelling like, like tantrums. But be, when they scream, you know something is a problem. They, you know that they are, they are, they are camouflaging something. And, and today we're going to take a look at that something that is causing the inflation, unemployment, um, and we go from there. Okay, so um, I, I came across a video on YouTube about Indian fiscal policies of the states, of the, of the Indian, of Indian states. Um, and I was already doing a little research. I went and did some more research on this and... Um, we're going to talk about this, um, the Indian fiscal policies or fiscal situation of Indian states that are causing inflation, that are causing unemployment, and so on and so forth. So, against the backdrop of what is Sri Lanka and her crisis, uh, this podcast um, taken from the article uh, by... Uh, I came across the article prepared by Atri Mukherjee, Samir Ranjan Behara, and Somnath Sharma, Bichindanda, Bichitranda Seth, Rahul Agarwal, Rachit Solanki, and Ayushki Kandelwal of the Department of Economic and Policy Research under the guidance of Dr. Michael Deba Bharata Patra. Um, so inputs provided by the regional offices of Department of Economic and Policy Research are also accepted here and the views expressed are those of the authors and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Reserve Bank of India. So there is an article on in on the web uh, on the website an um, article on on uh, the public domain of the six financial risk in states that are in financial crisis in India, um, and we're going to look at the factors that cause their problems uh, going forward, and we'll and we'll discuss the same. So, uh, like I said, the the Sri Lankan crisis and the um, 
and the, the, the policies that have led to the crisis uh, put the spotlight on fiscal risk confronting the state governments in India. With emphasis uh, on heavily indebted states, the slowdown in tax revenue, a high share of committed expenditure, and a rise um, and a rising subsidy burden, that means freebies, have stretched the state government finances already exasperated by the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, new sources of risk have emerged in forming the rising expenditure of non-merit freebies, expanding contingent liabilities, and the ballooning of uh, elect electricity distribution by discoms. Um, so we'll talk about it. Um, now, until... Um, the COVID crisis really worsened everything in the country all over the world, the mounting debt levels, uh, the reduction in revenue, um, and a whole lot of other um, issues uh, that trickle down. The sustainability of public debt, uh, national levels, state levels, uh, has again assumed a center stage as a dominant fiscal risk, which is causing uh, this inflation and unemployment. In particular, the pandemic has taken a heavy toll on the finances of India, warranting a mid-term course correction, at least among more directly affected ones. Um, so we also have embarked on a tendency of handing out cash subsidies in normal times, uh, provision of free utility services, a revival of the old pension scheme we'll talk about, by some states an extension of implicit and explicit guarantees by various state governments in India act like the, um, the nail in the coffin. So that's why we are, this article and, and this podcast is putting a um, highlight, a spotlight on the, on the financial risk of state governments, especially high indebted states. Um, so, um, Looking at the unfolding Sri Lankan crisis, uh, which has culminated in its first ever debt default in on May 19, 2022, uh, the Sri Lankan economy was battered by the pandemic. Um, travel restrictions hit tourism, exports, textiles, garments, tea suffered uh, a setback due to pandemic-driven slump in global trade, and remittance were impacted by the global growth of the uh, slowdown, apart from the pandemic's public policies also contributed towards the crisis. So public policies, um, a sharp cut in direct and indirect taxes before the pandemic, shift to organic farming by imposing total ban on the chemical fertilizers and pesticides uh, to save on fertilizer subsidy, but with a severe effect on rice output and productivity of the plantation sector that resulted in the spike of flood of food inflation and shortage of essentials, and ambitious structure projects funded by costly Chinese debts. Um, so basically, uh, Sri Lanka uh, went into a 27-year-old fighting uh, invested in, in 27 years of fighting a civil war. We know the Sri Lankan civil war went on for uh, 27 years. It was the result, it um, 
the reason behind the assassination of Rajiv Gandhi, the uh, a former prime minister. Uh, we have not forgotten that episode. Um, and it was a bloody, bloody civil war for a small state. It was really bad. Uh, so it sort of emptied their finances, their financials and their coffers. We've talked about this. People, um, countries, empires invest in debt, invest in war, war, war. Uh, war always gets you down. And war always causes financial crisis. The Mughal Empire was a non-stop battalion, non-stop. It, it came in as a battalion, it ended as a battalion. And that's why it collapsed. Um, Pakistan is the same thing. Pakistan, since its inception, it started out of direct action day. Uh, ethnic cleansing started with war before pre-partition, is now ending in war. They spend 75 years of their economy, of their time in war, invested in war. War always empties your coffers. We have the Delhi Sultanate, the Lodi um, empires, uh, the Mongols all invested in war. We have the United States of America has invested in war for the last um, the last seventy years since since uh, World War World War Two, and they've always been in some type of battle, whether civil war, external war. It's always a crisis of war, and that has turned their debt, their economy into a 31 trillion dollar debt they've got a 70 percent debt to service ratio you never win and that's why trump wanted to convert the economy into an economic powerhouse instead of depending upon war for your finances because it was emptying the coffers of the united states government and 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 it's not looking very good for them and everyone knew exactly what was trump was doing in order to um in order to stop him and make sure that the economy that the united states continued to crumble to to come down on the inside and it's that load and continue these wars whether they were on the right or left they call him racist they call him fascist they call him everything um they said oh he's ignorant it was the people around him who did it he was absolutely stupid he is racist and all of that but he never invested in one war all he did not one war did he start but his predecessors had wars on seven fronts um he invested in economic he had the best economics on the whole planet. I'd never seen before economics in four years. Why? Because economics, good investment, investment in energy, investment in infrastructure, investment in education always brings out uh, positive economics, short term, long term. And it is a win-win situation. It's been done across the thousands of years. You look at all the empires. Because that is how economics is run. And without economics, you don't have a reason to exist. We, Trump is rough around the edges. He doesn't exactly have the greatest way of speaking and talking uh, and externalizing his voice. People took advantage of it, um, accused him of all types of things. Um, and guess what? The United, He lost and the economy of the, and the United States is on its way out. Uh, the American century is over. 
But that is exactly the reason uh, Sri Lanka came down, Pakistan is coming down, the Mughal Empire is coming down, and my dear friends, the states in India are also going through the same crisis, causing inflation, which is being used by our woke um, socialist Gongsho Marela group that has actually uh, invested in these bad policies for uh, 70, 60 out of the 70 years, uh, and it's coming to 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 roost right now. Um, so up till the onset of the pandemic, the average G uh, fiscal gross fiscal defes- uh, deficit uh, versus the gross domestic product. Uh, so their ratio of the gross GDP to the fiscal deficit. Um, in states remain a modest 2.5% during 2011-12 to 2019-20, lower than the fiscal responsibility legislation ceiling of 3%. Okay, There were, however, substantial interstate variations, uh, that means differed from one state to the other, while uh, Andhra Pradesh... Um, some states have really been in the doldrums. Andhra Pradesh, Kerala, Punjab, Rajasthan incurred average of uh, fiscal deficit of above 3.5% of the gross state domestic product. Uh, Assam, Gujarat, Maharashtra, Odisha, Delhi ran ratios of less than 2%. Um, and the fiscal positions deteriorated in 2020 because of the pandemic. With a sharp decline in revenue, increase in spending, and a sharp rise in jet, in debt to um, domestic product. Okay, um, There are some six states in real financial crisis. In the first stage of the analysis panel, sorry, um, here are the states that are in real bad position. Uh, should I say... Vulnerable, Punjab, Rajasthan, Kerala, West Bengal, Bihar, Andhra Pradesh. Okay, uh, very bad position. Um, uh, Madhya Jharkhand, Madhya Pradesh, Uttar Pradesh, and Haryana turn out to be the states with the highest debt burden. Okay, there are ten states that account for these ten states um, account for. Um, half the total expenditure by all state governments. Um, yeah, so they, 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 um, there are six that are bad, there are ten that are cro- in the crossfires, okay? Um, and these ten states, um, ac- account for ha- around half the total expenditure of the state government. Um, there are many, um, there are other vulnerability indicators also, uh, that that caused the states to be in the crosshairs. Um, the jet, debt to service ratio versus the fiscal deficit uh, is either equal to or more than three percent. Um, uh, besides the deficits in the re- revenue accounts, uh, except for Uttar Pradesh and Jharkhand. Moreover, the interest payment to revenue receipts ratio, a measure of debt servicing burden on the states. Uh, state revenues in eight of these states was more than 10%. Okay, so what exactly causes all of this? Um, now, what? why did the Sri Lankan economy come down? Okay, they, like I said, they invested in civil war for 27 years. They did not diversify their economy. 
nor did they diversify their exports. Their basic was plantation agriculture and plantation tea and all the above. And tourism, this is their biggest um, economy, uh, the uh, drivers of the economy, uh, the biggest earners, uh, revenue uh, income earners of, of the Sri, Lan Sri Lankan economics. Um, and because of this fact, um, during the pandemic, tourism dropped to a low the price in, in uh, tourism drops to a low. Um, remittances from um, uh, remittances from Sri Lankans abroad dropped because they also were not working. Um, you had a plant. They had a, a problem with plantation because, like I said recently, uh, they stopped using fertilizers, uh, chemical fertilizers, which caused a problem in. Um, in, in, in rice in food production uh, and cost of uh, cost of food to go uh, food inflation to go skyrocketing so all these factors led to a complete and utter disaster in the Sri Lankan economy uh, they took a lot of loans and they did not invest the loans in good economics they used it in bad economics and when the debt they couldn't pay back their debt guess what china who gave them the loans did so their debt to service uh, debt uh, debt to G, uh, gdp to g uh, gfd fiscal deficit ratio spiraled out of control um, and and here we are exactly in the same position this my dear friends is what the Mughal Empire did, and that's how it came crashing down. This is what Pakistan has done, and that's why it's been crashed down. They do not produce anything. Pakistan, they import everything. I don't know how they survive. Who's running the economics? Absolutely bunch of fools. Uh, I mean, it is incredible. Pakistan, at least Sri Lanka, you have some, you know, okay, they're doing something. Pakistan is a mess. Um... United States, where you can say, yeah, they're producing great amounts of money. They, they, they're doing, they did things for years. They got a $44 trillion economy or something like that. But they got 70 to 70% 70 debt to service ratio. I mean, that is, that is, you know, the American century is over. Um, you have every empire doing the same thing. What do we learn from these empires? Nothing. And so when uh, the socialist government who made all these policies, these bad policies for the last 60 years told us that, oh, the, the uh, Mughal Empire was so great, it was 33%, they were actually lying because the empire came down because of these bad policies. Investment in war, investment in civil war, investment in trauma. Uh, so when you have uh, you use the money, they borrowed money from the East India Company. They let the uh, um, they took money from from uh, entities around uh, these. Um, they took money from from the Europeans around, and they invested in war. When they invested in war, the Europeans who were trading asked for it back. Guess what happened? They didn't have the money to give it back. So the Europeans seized their property um, and their kingdoms, and, and the empire came coming down. Did we learn anything from that? No, I'm sorry. Uh, so that's why we come to the states, which are just a new label for the old uh, Sahabas, the um, what can I say? The old kingdoms of the past—they they just rebranded, readjusted. Today we call them states, but they're 
their mentality hasn't changed. So we look for the states instead of saying GDP, uh, we, we say GDS, which is uh, gross domestic um, product of the states. Um, so when we look at the GDS uh, ratios, the debt of the state versus the domestic product of the state. Okay, so that is called, called a GDS, um, and it's around 20%. Okay, uh, here are some of the states, like I said, who are in a bad condition. Punjab, Rajasthan, Bihar, Kerala, UP, West Bengal, Jharkhand, there's Andhra, Madhya Pradesh, Haryana, Chhattisgarh, Tamil Nadu, Karnataka. The bulk of these states are either communist rule states or socialist rule states. You know why socialism is a, no one wants socialism? Why socialism is a mess? It never works. Here is your answer, my dear friend. UP has only been run by, uh, by uh, Yogi since 2017, okay? Until then, it was not run by, by, uh, by the BJP. So they're just starting and they're already turning the tide. You'll see that their numbers are turning, they're improving. Um, Haryana is not that great. Madhya Pradesh also is in hot water. But the bulk of these states are either communist states or uh, a socialist state, Marxist state, and they're trying to portray themselves as the greatest thing that ever happened to the earth and, and they're going to change the status quo. They are not changing anything. They are taking India down. Uh, I'll repeat the states for you. Punjab, Rajasthan, um, Bihar, Kerala, UP, West Bengal, Jharkhand, Andhra Pradesh, Madhya Pradesh, Haryana, Chhattisgarh, Tamil Nadu, Karnataka. Um... Punjab, my dear friend, is the worst. Can you believe that? This is the state, the breadbasket of India. It is the worst. 20%, uh, they're not only giving freebies around, 20% of, or 21% of Punjab's revenue is spent on interest payments alone. So, uh, the RBI has done, um, has uh, recently, very recently, uh, done a tab uh, a tab on this, and they have tried. Uh, they've portrayed. They've given us three reasons why we are at um, why we are at the current crossroads. Okay, one of them is pension expenditure. Okay, uh, one of them is uh, the na so the national pension scheme scheme, and we'll talk about it. One of them is. Uh, Electricity generation, uh, transmission, and and distribution, which is or the um or the discoms as they are, they are they are called, and the third one is freebies. That means the uh, the freebies and amount of uh, there's no real explanation for freebies or or uh, yeah no explanation, but the amount of free services, a welfareism, welfare state that has been created by the socialists and the communists uh, in order to get votes. Um, I was just going through, let me see if I find it. I just lost it over here. Uh, just bear with me if you don't mind. Here we go. Uh, so, yes, I was going through... Um, the stats over here, and I was trying to look at what the RBI provided as st statistics for uh, the deficit of 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 India. 
um, of Indian states. And here is something um, that I found. Uh, surplus 2021-22. There um, we go. Statements, appendix tables, statements, revenue and deficit. I had it here recently. So just let's go through the um, statements, the deficit table for Indian states. Okay. Uh, quickly, as we speak 2021-22, Andhra Pradesh, they've got 5,000 uh, deficit, okay, 5,000 crore deficit. Uh, Arunachal Pradesh, they're in, the ne they're in the positive, so they got more revenue. They're doing very well. Assam is, is doing very well. Bihar, is got, uh, uh, Bihar has got a little bit of a problem, or should I say... Um, four here. Yeah. Bihar, no, Bihar is doing okay. Uh, Chhattisgarh has got an issue here. Uh, 3,700 um, crores. Goa has got a very small issue here. Sorry, this is a revenue surplus. Yeah. Um, revenue exp Oh, we're, we're having a little bit of an issue over here with. Uh, sorry, we're having a little bit of an issue here, and I apologize for that, for um, for the um, for my table that's it's just gone out of sync over here. I'm just going to pull it up again. Gross domestic product deficit surplus. Sorry, I was reading to you a, a, a revenue deficit surplus. Um, Yes, here we go. So Andhra Pradesh uh, has got um, a, a deficit of 37,000 crores. Arunachal Pradesh only uh, 578,000 uh, crores. Assam is 15,000 crores of deficit. Uh, 20, Bihar, 22,500 crores. Chhattisgarh, 17,400 crores. Goa has got only 5,800 crores. Uh, Gujarat, 30,000 crores of deficit, my dear friend. Um, Himachal Pradesh, 34,000. Um, Jharkhand, 10,000. Karnataka, 59,000. Um, we got Kerala, 30,000. Madhya Pradesh, 50,000. Maharashtra, 66. Um, Manipur, 4,000 crores. Uh, Meghalaya, 1,500. Mizoram, 800. Uh, Nagaland, 1,400. Uh, you have Odisha, 20,000. Rajasthan, 24,000 crores. Um, Punjab, 47,000 crores. Sikkim 1,700, Tamil Nadu 100,000 uh, 100, crores deficit. Um, we've got Telangana 45,000, Tripura uh, 3,600. We've got Uttar Pradesh 90,000 crores, West Bengal 8,000. Um, 
Sorry about that. West Bengal, 60,000 crores. Jammu and Kashmir, 7,200 crores deficit. Uh, the national capital of Delhi, 10,000 crores. Pondicherry, 800 crores. And combined states in the UTT, 818,000 crores deficit in their budgets. That's a problem, my dear friend. That's a Sri Lanka situation. And we have no right to be laughing at Pakistan. We have no right to be laughing at Sri Lanka. We have no right to be laughing at the United Kingdom or um, or um, um, any other country, the United States, because we've got a problem. Now, there were problems uh, prior to uh, the pandemic. Um, the prior to the pandemic, it was the total of all states' deficit was 524,000 crores uh, in 2019 2020. In 2021, there were 931,000 deficit. It has come down slightly, but you're looking at 818,000 crores of deficit that we've got only for state budgets, my friend. So I hope you are taking another look or understanding the problems that we've had, we have right now. And so we'll go back to uh, what we were talking about a little early on. So what is the problems here? The biggest problem that we have here are pensions. Okay. Uh, now, pensions and civil service payments are 60% of India's economy. Uh, six zero, I said. Okay, pensioners and civil service—they cause six. They use sixty percent of Indian uh, Indian economy. Is everyone on a pension scheme in India? No, but sixty percent of your economy is on the pension scheme. Now, if you have this pension scheme, sixty percent, what is left for you to invest in your military? What is there for you to invest in your education? What is that left? For invest in roads, in 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 uh, medical services, in economics, in development of technologies, development of IT, uh, of uh, of further economics. What is there left? Nothing. This is what socialism is about, my dear friend. Uh, pensions, um, high pensions, uh, low investment. You will never get out of the debt cycle. You never. You never allow yourself to to evolve you just keep depending on on the government on your politicians on your ideologues uh for money 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 and this is a mentality this is a very socialist mentality but 60 percent of india's economy uh was a burden uh the Honorable Prime Minister Atal Bihari Vajpayee, in, when he came to power between 98 and 2004-2003, changed that in, and um, had the National Pension Scheme. Um, now, the National Pension Scheme, there were big uh, riots, not riots, but uh, manifestations against it, but he still went ahead. And the reason um, why he went ahead, because of, of the debt of Indian economy to take the debt to take the burden out of the Indian economy. Uh, so the new national pension scheme means was ten thousand. Say a person put ten thousand into his bank uh, in per per employee um, contributed, uh, and his employer put similar subsidy uh, subsidies. Um, 
whether the employer was the government or whether the employer was the local uh, private sectors, uh, this money was invested. You could choose your portfolio. You could um, you you could choose how you wanted uh, it uh, to be invested, which is very much like what we have in the West. Very very similar. Um, I'm talking of private investment. Um, and once this money is invested, it's it it. It, um, it's diversified, it increases through the uh, dividends. Um, and at retirement, you can choose to withdraw 60%, 40% will remain to be invested, and anyone can contribute to this fund, okay? And your, your pension depends on the market conditions. Um, so it gave the ability to the to the government to the government to invest, to improve on on the on um improve on employment, improve, invest in, in growth of the Indian economy, in, it gave the government the ability to, um, uh, gave the government the ability to, um, uh, to evolve, uh, to invest in infrastructure, education, and there was a, um, a dividend on it. Um, but all of this would be seen, it would take about 30 years for this to be seen, which if, if they started in, in 20, in around 2000, uh, so you're looking at 2030 and beyond for the dividends to come in and to know how the special effects of the scheme was going to benefit all. But, um, it's called national, um, Na national pension scheme it took away a lot of uh, of uh, it took away a lot of burden of the economy of of the of the government um however um are jelly bean politicians um know that the elections are coming up so they need an, the old pension scheme where the government uh uh invested in provident funds uh and 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 it, it was all on the burden of the government, um, and as a result of which, um, it reduced the tax rev it reduced the revenues. A big percentage of the budget uh, went into uh, pensions uh, for their pensioners and the pensions of of, of civil servants. Um, and really, it it took it left nothing for. Um, it left nothing for to invest in in future development of the state and the country, and it it just took us down. So they want they they wanted the old pension back. Um, not all states, because the elections are coming around, and this will really benefit their vote banks. So Rajasthan. Uh, a Congress rule state, Chhattisgarh have gone back to the old pension uh, uh, scheme, um, which is not the scheme, national pension scheme by Vajpayee, which is much more beneficial to the Indian economy. So um, under this scheme, 23 crore, thousand crores of, uh, of, of the government's revenue will be paid in pension, 60,000 crores on salary and wages, leading to 56% of the state's revenue paid out for pensions um, to only about 100,000 families, or is that 10 lakh families? Um, 10 lakh families. So all 56% of the state's revenue go to 10 lakh families. My, my friend, it is not exactly a happy picture. Um, guess who's happy? The politicians and their vote banks. 
so in the short run, they will not see the effect of it, but in the long run, uh, the development and welfare of the state of Rajasthan and Chhattisgarh is uh, in doldrum. It's in the garbage bin. Um, and guess what? Uh, they don't care. They want socialism because they know the people will be dependent upon them. They know that if it doesn't work, they can blame the center. You know, we haven't learned anything from, the, we haven't learned absolutely anything from the, um, uh, from the disaster of the Bengal famine, when there was nothing invested in the land, nothing invested, the, the landowners took all the money and, and nothing was invested. Uh, when the famine came, uh, the water table was low, famine came, uh, the state, the Nawab blamed the British, the British blamed the Nawab, and guess what, 10 million people died. We've learned absolutely nothing. Uh, today we're doing the same thing. We're investing in a pension scheme that takes 50 Fifty-six percent uh, out of uh, the um, of fifty-six percent out of the revenue of the state, as a result of which forty-two or forty-four percent is left, and Rajasthan is going down the tubes. Um, so all this is done only on uh, before the elections, and the long-term. Um, the long-term welfareism of the state is 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 not doing anyone any justice. Um, the GDS, the debt to service ratio of the state, is thirty-nine percent. Sorry, um, yes, thirty-nine percent. That that's a big big number. Uh, so that's one. The pension schemes is is exactly one of the reasons that we are in a situation uh, as we are in. Um, the other one is power, and I'm talking of electricity power. Now we know we don't use chulas anymore. Everything runs on electricity. If your electricity comes down, everything is down. You will not be able to cook. You will not be at least in this country. You can't cook. You can't no lights. Uh, nothing, nothing, nothing. Everything is electricity. So we often we say, you know, a, a, a country doesn't have to come invade anymore. They just put off the electricity and everything will be down. So what does electricity mean to you? So it is without without electricity, your energy okay your your country is based on economics your economics is based on your control of your energy sector the source uh, the, the the source of your energy the diffusion of your energy and the control of that energy if you don't have control of the energy you cannot have economics if you cannot have economics uh, you have no reason to exist in the olden days slaves were the energy policy uh, the more slaves you had the more the work they did and the more work they did the more you your your you had cheap labor and you sold their produce you sold their produce made a lot of money and because you made a lot of money you were able to get rich and all the all the economies of the past were based on agriculture the planet's economy was an agrarian economy and so cheap labor to run these farms and these agricultural sources required uh, energy uh, and the best source of that was was slaves of course then the industrial revolution came only to do away with slavery we did great i mean slavery came to an end because of the industrial revolution in the united kingdom and in europe um slavery 
came to an end, uh, at least um, slowly, not over, uh, not over time, but we needed, then we needed another source of energy for this, for, for our industrial revolution. Everything is, is industries today, but what is that? Um, coal, uh, fuel, um, water, electricity, hydroelectricity, so there is a generation of electricity, there's transmission of the electricity, there's distribution, and there's trading of this electricity. So um, we have something called DISCOMs in this country. Uh, a DISCOM is a government-owned power company. Um, I, I don't know what the exact... Let me see what the exact um, um, word for DISCOM is. Um... So a DISCOM is an acronym. Uh, basically, it is a distribution licensee who is authorized to operate and maintain a distribution system for selling electricity to the consumers in his area for the, of the supply at tariffs regulated by the state central regulatory authority so basically the state is controlling uh it has a distribution license given by the state the state regulatory uh, body is giving them the authority for uh distribution of uh, selling electricity to consumers in the area and um of supply at tariffs regulated um you have uh, yeah you have discoms in in different states so basically um what it does um and we'll explain to you so the government basically buys electricity from power companies at low cost and sells them at a higher cost to make the profits so let me explain to you you have uh this is how they work okay you have uh basically you have a uh farmers who require electricity then you have industries you have b you have industrial units uh you have c you have commercial units and d you have domestic users okay so a b c d now because india has a big aggregate in economy we need the food there are a lot of farmers here so you've got say your a your farmers is um say 50 percent okay You've got industrial uh, companies, say they are 30%, okay? You have, um, you have um, commercial group companies that are another 15%, one five, and you have domestic users that are 5%, okay? So you have farmers with 50, you have industries with 30, you have uh, commercial with 15% of your uh, um, companies who need their power and um, and and you got five percent of domestic users now because the farmers need uh, subsidies they are the biggest most important uh, units of the country without food we do not survive so bulk of the subsidies are given to them okay so you've got farmers giving electricity at a discounted price so they're not making any profit you're making a loss instead of selling it at at five rupees a unit you're selling it at four rupees a unit you're making a loss but they are the biggest part of the country so 50 percent uh, of the country your your users you're making a loss you've got um 
um, you've got, okay, 30% of the country which are in industrial uh, output, you're also giving them subsidies and you're making a, a loss. Instead of making, say, $2 loss, you're making a $1 loss, a 1 rupee loss per unit, but you're still making a loss. Okay, so that's 80% of your country. You've got the third group of the country, the commercial people. You Now you're making a profit on them, but you're making only one rupee profit. Okay, and uh, that's 15%. And 10% are your domestic users, and you are making a profit of them of two, two rupees. But they're only 10, they're only, sorry, 5% of the users. So 5% users, you're making two rupee profit. 15% of the users, you're making one rupee profit. That's, that's nothing. Uh, that's absolutely nothing because the bulk of the country are making a loss. So these discoms that government controlled or regulated licensee uh, distributors, um, power distribution units, um, they are a huge, huge loss to the exchequer. Massive exchequer loss. Uh, and it is causing a massive, massive problem. Uh, besides the pension screens, this scheme is, this uh, electricity distribution or discount is the biggest, is one of the biggest burdens on the exchequer. Um, Besides that, in order for you to get this in in um, in line, you have your technology to to not only uh, distribute and transmit your electricity has to be up up there. It has to be uh, evolved, has to be renewed, has to be uh, uh, um, high tech. But we've got very very old units for transmission and and collection of data for for distribution and, and transmission of energy. We got very old systems. So you're not able to transmit. We lose 20, 20 or 22 percent of energy during transmission, which is lost. Uh, because it's lost, um, we've got problems. Um, now, not only are you making a loss, you are losing 20 percent of your energy generated. Um, so, um, and then, then you have collection of data, which is meters are outdated, uh, technology is outdated. They, there's no money to invest in schemes to update and uh, evolve technology and cutting edge technology to, to, uh, to, to accumulate data and and transmit energy. Um, at, at, a, at a better price, at a better distribution level, uh, and, in a way that we make profits, we do not lose energy, we do not lose data, we do not lose revenue. Uh, in 2015, there was an Uday, Uday scheme where 75% of the outstanding liabilities of this uh, of this discoms, uh, loss-making discoms, were transferred to the states. But the states are already stretched in their balances, in their finances. So this increased the depend, the increase the, the um, and stretched the finances of the states already burdened in in pension schemes and civil service payments. Um, and you know what? Um, you know Sri Lanka. We've seen that not only their food prices have gone up. Okay. Um, because um because of these electricity pro because of uh, disinvestment in fertilizers um in in fertilizers 
causing them a massive problem recently in um, in the country. Uh, but we also have um, a loss of electricity. Okay, electricity generation has become a massive problem, uh, causing sky rising cost of energy, which is also a problem in 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 Europe, um, and that has created a massive problem with the e economy. So. Um, Plus, now you've got uh, freebies, okay? Um, besides the electricity problem, the discom problem, besides the pension problems on the states, states are giving freebies of electricity to, uh, to their people, to their uh, citizens. You have Punjab and Kejriwal, okay, giving freebies, 300 units of power to every, uh, every household. And this, they waive electricity bills, causing 5,000 crores uh, of, of uh, a hole on the exchequer, on the state exchequer. Uh, besides that, there are other freebies now that are being given. So Kejriwal is giving $1,000 a month per woman. That's 15,000 crores on his uh, finances. Andra giving 15,000 um, to every woman above the age of 18, um, Andhra Pradesh. Uh, and for every woman, above the age of 18, a poor person who's, who's, who can send their children to school. So Andra's giving 15,000 each. That is 27,000 crores on their exchequer for welfareism. You'll be giving free gas cylinders. So you see, every party's involved in giving freebies nowadays. It was not so before. Uh, there was a little bit of it, but not so much. Um, now for World Bank politics, all of this is controlled. Um, policies are controlled by elections. Policy are controlled. Policies are controlled by World Banks, and because of that, we're not investing in development. We are not investing in 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 evolving. We are investing in socialism, which is welfare, 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 uh, and we're not going anywhere with welfare. Um, economics is taking a back seat. Politics is taking a front seat. So the more and more grants that states give, uh, their spending on them and pleasing policies is leading to inflation, inflation, okay, rationing of food, uh, fuel sort shortages, and 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 here we go. We have the micro factors that are causing uh, these problems. Uh, the macro, microeconomics. Uh, the microeconomic factors that are causing this inflation. You have the macroeconomic factors. The macroeconomic factors is the war, uh, the COVID pandemic, uh, the war in Ukraine that is causing a problem. Uh, increase in uh, the price of oil and petrol um, that is causing a problem. And and this is a problem across the board. Um, so you've got micro factors, that's local factors, bad policies, freebies, discoms, power generation, power transmission, uh, pension problems, biggest some of the biggest problems of the Indian economy, um, and as a result of which the states are in a financial, massive financial crisis. Um, and it's time to take a look at it, stand up, and, and have that conversation. Um, what I'm trying to say is you have our, our jelly bean politicians and um, um, jelly bean uh, 
politicians and the left, the, the Congress going on a Bharat Jodo Yatra, fascism, fascism, uh, extremism, fascism, intolerance, hate speech. What is that for? Why do they always scream the same thing? I mean, it, you can say all the hate you want, but if I don't have money on my table, my food on my table, what is, you know, that's a major problem. Why are they not talking about it? They are talking about it only to blame the BJP. Not every and everyone has a part of the problem. It has a part of the pie when it comes to taking their responsibilities. Yes, even the government has a part of the blame. No two things about it. Well, why are they not taking any any um, any responsibility for their sixty years? Because if they did, they wouldn't come back to power. So they keep on driving an agenda where people don't understand economics. Uh, so they keep saying inflation, inflation, inflation. But they do not talk about the freebies and the bad policies, the socialist policies that have got us into this problem in the first place. And, uh, and, and the continuation of the socialist welfare policies, uh, instead of changing the mindset of the people below, um, that are causing even further problems and will cause problems down the road. But uh, they prefer rather camouflage these problems with um, with uh, blaming the government. Oh, the government is responsible for high inflation. Yes, the government has not caused 60 years of bad economic policies uh, and no development in, in our economics, in our energy sectors, no uh, investment in our education, um, in our infrastructure. None of the above, and now they, they, they think that the BJP is going to come and change everything in a status quo, and whatever the BJP does, they will bring it down from the back door, because they do not want the BJP, they do not want this country to evolve, they do not want this country to uh, to fly off their wings, they want the country to be poor and dependent on the mafia, the licensed Raj mafia, the socialist licensed Raj mafia, who has ruled this country and has parallel economies on the ground uh, for the next 200 years, where India will break up again. And only for the selfish policies and reasons of the Marxist regime that has ruled us for so long. So uh, just to go... Um, just to go briefly over it, you have the macroeconomic factors uh, facing the state governments in India, causing this crisis. Um, currently arise from uncertainties surrounding the COVID pandemic, the Russia-Ukraine war, operating through the high global food and commodity prices, uh, and the synchronized monetary tightening by centralized central banks across the world. Uh, apart from these... Um, Macroeconomic shocks, they are potential sources of risk, financial risk for Indian states stem from their own declining tax revenue. Okay, um, increase in expenditure falling, growing preference for welfareism, okay, and relaunch of the old pension scheme, um, increased natural disasters, um, realization of government guarantees extended to state uh, own enterprises and rising overdue overdues of loss-making power distribution companies called discoms. Um, the old pension benefit screams um, 
primarily a pay-as-you-go system and hence unfunded, had numerous drawbacks, particularly in terms of medium-term fiscal sustainability and the tax burden on future generations. Many states, excluding West Bengal, switched to the new pension scheme uh, sorry, new, uh, by Vajpayee after realizing that the old pension scheme was unsustainable in the long run. In the recent reversal of positions on the old pension schemes by Rajasthan and Chhattisgarh, however, has reignited the debate of the pros and cons of the old pension scheme versus the new pension scheme, which with a few more states reportedly contemplating taking similar steps. Um, and the pension expenditure, like I said, takes about an average of 12% of the total revenue of the expenditure in most states. Um, and and it's, it, it's really, uh, it's frightening. Um, state government employees who joined after 2004-2005 under the MPS begin to retire from 2034 onwards. The cost of such a move will become Apparent, in other words, the adoption of the old pension scheme is likely to benefit the current generation at the expense of the future generation. Um, so, uh, state subsidies and, and freebies, here are some numbers. Um, as per the latest data from control, Comptroller and Auditor General of India, the state government's expenditure on subsidies has grown at 12.9% and 11.2% during the 2021 and 2021-22 uh, cycles respectively after contracting in 2019-2020. Consumer... Uh, Commend, um, sorry, the shares of the subsidy of total revenue expenditure by states has risen from 7.8% to 8.2%. At a disgraded level, there are stark variations among states. For example, Kerala, uh, Jharkhand, Odisha, Telangana, Uttar Pradesh are the top five states with the largest rise in subsidies over three years. States like Gujarat, Punjab, Chhattisgarh spend more than 10% of their revenue on subsidies. Subsidies, however, have known to crowd out resources for useful purposes for future development. Uh, in recent periods, state governments have started delivering a portion of their subsidies in the form of freebies. Uh, like I said, no precise definition of freebies. It is necessary to distinguish them from public merit goods, expenditure on which brings economic benefits such as public distribution system, employment guarantee schemes, state support for education and health. On the other hand, provisions of free electricity, free water, free public transportation, waiver of pending utility bills and farm loan waivers are often also regarded as freebies which potentially undermine credit culture, distort prices through cross-subsidation, eroding incentives for private investment, and disincentivize dis um, dis work at current wage rates, leading to a drop in labor force plantation. So if I'm getting a freebie from the government, why should I work? Uh, and then you come under the... Um, Unemployed scheme. So you say, oh, well, I'm, I'm, you know, you'll come in the, the list of people who are unemployed or list of people, the unemployment goes up 
And people say, oh, well, your unemp the unemployment rate has gone up. Why? Because you're giving freebies. Of course, the unemployment is going to go up. Of course, the, uh, you're getting also, uh, you're, you're getting welfare. So, of course, inflation is going to go up because you have to pay for this. Uh, someone's got to pay for this. Um, some freebies may benefit the poor if properly, if properly targeted with minimal leakages, but their advantages must be evaluated against the large fiscal cost and the inefficiencies they cost by distorting prices and misallocating resources. Additionally, the provisions of free electricity and water are known to accelerate environmental degradation and depletion of the water tables. Uh, to derive an estimate of freebies, we have, um, yeah, so they have collected data here. Andhra um, Pradesh, sorry. So, um, example. The biggest freebies involved is uh, Punjab. You know, Kejriwal is big on the freebies. Uh, Percentage of freebies of the of the uh, state GDP 2.7% in the year 2022-2023, 17.8% of the revenue receipts and 45% of their own tax revenue. 45%. This is the Punjab AAP government, my dear friend, um, and which means uh, the freebies have exceeded 2% of the GDP. Uh, GSDP for some of the highly indebted states such as Andhra Pradesh and Punjab. The central GST compensation payout will come to an end in June 2022, further reducing the headroom available for the social sector expenditure. In such a, such a situation, a multitude of social welfare schemes in the form of freebies will not only put a heavy burden on the exchequer, but will also exert upward pressures of on yields if they are financed through market borrowing. It, is, it will be important, therefore, for the state governments to reprioritize their expenditure to achieve the optimum long-term welfare advantages by ensuring the beneficiaries get empowered permanently and forego benefits. Um, so here are the 2021 guarantees issued by state governments for as a percentage of their GDP. Bihar 3.4%, Kerala 3.91, Punjab 5.3%, Rajasthan 8.6%, West Bengal 0.6%, Andhra Pradesh 9%, Uttar Pradesh 8. Uh, these are the government guarantees. Um, it is a mess, my dear friend, an absolute mess. Um, um, you know. Look, um, I am going to, I'm going to add, um, I'm going to put this, I, I'm going to put this, um, in my Facebook page. It's already on my Facebook page. I would ask you to go look at it. I would also ask you to, uh, verify and research yourself, uh, the RBI, uh, report on state financials uh, state financial situations gsdp it is important for you to research this it's important you free to you to go forward it's important for you to understand and understand what's going on when these people cry uh 
um, unemployment, 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 or oh, uh, high taxation, high inflation. There's a reason behind it. Bad policies for a very long time is not the re result of one person or one group, but it's in, uh, um, um, a result of bad socialist policies for a very, very long time, and everyone has to take their responsibility. Um, yeah. So I, I will leave you on that note. I hope that we're going to get better. Knowledge, dispersion of knowledge, empowerment by knowledge, of knowledge is always good. It's always good for our state, uh, good for our country, good to improve, to evolve. And to be knowledgeable is to have better policies in the future, not only uh, outside your home by the state, but also in your home. These are the same equations in your home. If you invest in your home in bad policies, um, in, in, uh, in, in investing in, in you know, buying clothes are not going to do anything for you, buying cheap goods, buying ridiculous goods, wasting your money, instead of investing in your home, building a stronger home, bigger, better house, investing in a child's education, investing in, uh, in, in making sure that your children have infrastructure, lights, uh, tables, uh, computers, uh, to study, have access to uh, literature, access to, uh, to data, to study, that always brings about a better investment, better future for your child, for your children, for your family, uh, less aggression, and uh, it would be so great. Um, so yes, it is very, very important for us to understand this, to use the equation in our home so that our children uh, know, understand how the same equation is used by our governments out in, in the state and at the center uh, to balance the economy because without an economy, we have no reason to exist. And given that we have 1.54 billion people in the country, we need to balance it big time to avoid a civil war. So I'm going to say thank you very much to you. I know we've talked for 64 minutes. I wish you a great day and hopefully you can, um, you know, a, a great weekend ahead. Thank you very much. Cheers and, uh, and stay safe.